Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Hello and welcome to Kiff and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall where we take our lives in our hands by recording our episodes on two hours sleep. Yeah. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're dangerous and we weigh 90 pounds. Uh, we'll be reviewing every episode. <laughs> Part of me does. Uh, <laughs> we'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and unmissable segments like what drugs wouldn't a bike courier do? And what would be your pose if you modeled nude? Bonus segment. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, British Columbia, and I'm joined by Stu Derek Hoddick in Vancouver. We like to do the quotes from this, but honestly, I'm just a drunk chick from Winnipeg with my head in a monitor. <laughs> How true it is. Uh, also in Vancouver, we have Trevor Record. Stu, if you're the drunk chick from Winnipeg, then I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs guy outside your window. <laughs> trying to get in. Oh, the Trevor! That's one of the sweetest things. <laughs> that is absolutely and, adorable. Which would then obviously leave uh, our grungy bike courier on two hours sleep from <laughs> London, England, Kalina McCortov. Is it the goatee that gave it away? <laughs> <laughs> it was soul the scabs. Patch. The scabs on the knees, actually. It's a soul patch, Kalina. <laughs> yeah. The classiest oh, of right. all the facial hairs. Well, today we'll be reviewing episode 19 of season four, which aired on May 11th, 1994. And let's kick off with our sketch rundown. We have uh, the first of three Bruce Artie kind of bits, the bike courier, uh, where we meet a bike courier taking his life in his hands by working on only two hours sleep. Um, we then have white Filipino boy, where Scott is a white Filipino boy who's hustling for money any which way he can. Uh, we then have... I'm charging you, uh, where the too short for love couple get into a fight in the lineup for the Phantom of the Opera and waste a bunch of the police's time, which honestly, you know, good on them. They're allies. Um, then we have the atrium where the atrium's in the atrium's out. Kevin throws some tantrums <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yeah, makes everyone cater to his unexpressed desires. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Classic <laughs> Kevin. We then have the second uh, Bruce bit, Drunk Chick from Winnipeg, where somewhere out there, there's a drunk chick from Winnipeg with her head in a monitor, and her name is Stu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Every follow day. <laughs> following that, we have Art Class, uh, where everyone in the class is a racist or a sexist or a homophobe or an ableist. Um, and it's true. Uh, <laughs> and then we have uh, Hopeless Romantic, the final Bruce uh, triptych. Uh, where we meet well a hopeless romantic who's mixed up with the drunk Winnipeg chick and a bike courier and is trying to involve a uh, mariachi band in some way, but I kind of missed why or how. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, we have Surrogate, where Scott's an angel who uh, travels to people in need to give blowjobs. Or Name is Bob. he? Name Bob. <laughs> or is he? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, surprising nobody who's actually watched this episode, I wanted to start this review <laughs> with our first segment, which is Does This Hold Up? Who would have um, guessed? Who, who could have guessed? We have two sketches in this episode that uh, are worthy of the Does This Hold Up treatment. Um, you know, I don't think we need to, like, uh, you know, exoriate all the worst bits of it, but I think it's worth uh, it's worth chatting about. Uh, obviously, here I'm referring to the white Filipino boy where Scott um, does a, like, Filipino accent, which honestly is like a pretty good Filipino accent in some ways. Yeah, he gets the P's and the B's right, you know. Um, but but still, it's Scott pretending to be a, a, a young Filipino boy, which is awkward. Uh, and then we also have art class uh, where everybody in the class is speaking up in defense of uh, women and uh, other races and, and other genders and sexual orientations. Um, and it feels like... Uh, a conversation from yesterday and also from three decades ago. So um, I'm curious to think what we think about both of these sketches. So who's got the hardest opinion? Let's let's hear from one of you. <laughs> what, what which which of these holds up? Do either of them hold up, uh, and why? Uh, I don't think I have the hardest. I'm gonna jump in because I don't think I have oh, the yeah. hardest opinion. And I, I know Kalina is gonna fucking equivocate <laughs> her way out of this because she's you. always been a character. I honestly, I. I I don't have a super hard opinion. I don't like love, love either of these, but I'm like, look, uh, does it hold up as kind of a, sorry. I, I think it's kind of a stupid segment that we do. Cause it's like, no, cause you just don't make, you don't make racial uh, impression impressions anymore. People just don't like that. I mean, some people like that, but they're the people we don't talk about. Yeah. Um, and it's just, but you know, at the time it, there was almost nothing off base about that. Like, mm. To me, this is like the the Filipino one. I don't I don't think that would have raised that many eyebrows, if any, at all at the time, because it wasn't like, Haha, look at like it wasn't like minstrel show joke, which you got a lot of at that era, where it was like this race is stupid and bad. It was just sort of like, yeah, you're a white dude, and I guess you were raised here or something. That's kind of weird. But there is like the the outro where it's making a joke about like tourists going there for Philip like young Filipino boys, I think would have raised eyebrows. Like not that people didn't know it was happening, but you don't say that, right? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> and that's but that's why but, but like but, I think no, that's what's so great sex about it. Sex tourism is such a thing. Oh yeah. Sex tourism oh, no, has that's, always that's been a thing. thing. Though. That's what I'm saying, like is, is the good thing about that sketch is that it's calling out something that is so yeah. problematic yeah. and just shocks you right at the end. Right? Yeah. Like that's what I'd say like would not necessarily hold up, but I will stand behind as like yeah. As, <laughs> as a tangent, I will say I think this episode has the distinct honor of having the most superfluous Scott blowjobs in it where he is giving because oh, a lot of the time <laughs> Scott <laughs> writes himself receiving a blowy, but this time he's like two blowies, two for one sale <laughs> for twenty bucks, no less. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, you wouldn't make it now, but I'm like, I don't think there's anything like inherently offensive about it because there yeah. are people who are raised in other cultures that have accents. It just you wouldn't do that because it seems tasteless. I guess trying to judge it by today's metrics, what we would probably ask is who or what is the butt of the jokes in both of these sketches? And if it's not clear, is is that part of the, you know, like if if it's not clear that in the art class, the butt of the joke isn't just those dumb woke kids, then like, it, does that hold yeah. up, I guess? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take a somewhat controversial stand on the white Filipino boy sketch okay. in that, like, I don't think 
Scott doing the Filipino accent necessarily is bad or wouldn't hold up because just as you say, Stu, it is unfortunate. There are there are, you know, white people that are raised in in other countries and learn English as their second language and they have those accents, you know, and like it's su- it sucks for them because it like sounds like they're, you know, doing a shitty accent and trying to be racist. But it's like, no, that's just how they speak, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think there's anything inherently wrong. And, and they take pains to say that, like, he's very white. Yes, I'm very white. Yes. And so it's kind of like, yeah, he just happens to be a white boy who grew up in in the Philippines. But it is really like I agree I don't think you would make it today just because it's like, it's not worth the risk, but yeah. I don't think it, it really is inherently all that bad. Cause yeah. I don't think the joke is making fun of Filipinos or making fun of the Filipino accent. Yeah. I think it's more making fun of, you know, the Dave character, yeah. you know, like begrudgingly giving money, but like actually fully just being there to try and have sex with Filipino boys. Yeah. You know so I mean? like, yeah. So, yeah. Like Trevor said, the butt, of, the butt of the joke on that, on that outro is wow. Terrible. Uh, you know, white Western people coming to exploit locals. Yeah. 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 Um, but I am curious. So, you know, I think that we, mm-hmm. we kind of get to the similar place on the Filipino boy, but I am really curious what you all think about the art class. Well, and I guess uh, this is where I was kind of going with the, like, who is the target or butt of the joke? Cause I, I'm not sure who is with the art class. Like, are we supposed to be yeah. Rooting for the art teacher who's done nothing wrong. I mean, he does kind of then make a real boomer comment, as you were saying earlier, <laughs> Stu. Where yeah. like, it's just hard to find. What was exactly he said? Uh, uh, I don't want to say it. He said it's hard to find what fat, black, disabled Dable. dykes, I think. Yeah, yeah. something like yeah. that. Um, which I, I think um, is a sentiment that Stu is mentioning, like, Certainly, he's heard lots of boomers echo all the time, like, oh, yeah. just because you're not something. Checking all the boxes, does. which yeah. is weird because it's both scornful of marginalized communities and also scornful of institutions. Like, it's both semi-woke and incredibly uh, discriminatory at the same time, because well, the heart of that is like institutions will just do things to make themselves look good. But I, I also, guess, they're hurting the white people by doing this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where where that like you could say like this particular sketch could be salvaged is like the uh, teacher is very aggrieved and he says anyone who still cares about art can stick around and the students that do stick around the non quote woke by our our standards today students are just there to see a naked woman. Like, they, <laughs> yes, they are yes. just a bunch of gross dudes that are start hooting and hollering and yelling, take it off. Yeah. yeah. So I guess maybe the joke is that, like, if you aren't one of these, like, supposedly overly sensitive people, uh, then you are a gross horn dog. You could make is the it, argument mm-hmm. that that is the joke. It's funny because I'm not quite sure how to, how to judge this directly because yeah like if, if you sh- if you showed this to somebody yeah like a boomer who's like oh yeah like all these woke kids they probably would laugh at it and be like yeah i get it you know and whereas for me like my mind goes to like different branches of feminism because you do have people who will totally. like call that out and be like oh we shouldn't be like exploiting these yeah same thing these, these young women and and you know paying them for, to show off their their body and we we objectify them blah 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 and then there's the 
I would argue kind of more um, modern view of women's participation in, you know, the sex industry. And you're like, it is their choice. It is their body. Yeah. And What's that, third wave or fourth wave? Where it's <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm you so, get I'm so to bad at kind of identifying them. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah. agency. And uh, I think now, especially where we are in terms of like fluidity of gender identities and stuff mm. like that, like in that sense, I feel like it doesn't hold up because like that joke just doesn't apply anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but I, I think there is still uh, undercurrent. Well, yeah, it, it's it's less relevant, but I don't think it's yeah, irrelevant. Yeah, less relevant. You know? that it doesn't hold yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's because most of the trend for feminism has moved more toward like the the majority is more third wave, where it's like third or I think it's third, where it's like yeah, women have agency over their bodies if they want to use it to have capitalistic gain that is empowering and not exploitive necessarily. Where at this time it would be. I think second wave feminism was a lot of like, yeah, you shouldn't use your body at all because it's inherent to an exploitative system. And so like there was a lot of kind of like, shame on you for not believing in what I believe in, which was mm-hmm. one of the reasons there was a you know response to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think there, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say it's irrelevant. I think there's, there's still definitely a, uh, a subsection of people who mm. voice that opinion quite loudly. Well, and that's the thing I think is interesting is that like, you know, this is a sketch that was made 30 years ago, basically. And I was surprised at how many of the things that were kind of being brought up almost as joke, you could pretty much word for word put into someone's mouth today and it would not feel out of place and things like that. What sort of struck me about this one, and I'm curious if you all agree, was it felt like this sketch was written, speaking of the target of the jokes, as kind of like um, like a South Park uh, sketch construction where it's like, ah, look, everyone's dumb and everyone's bad. Uh, um, that like you sneering know what I mean? libertarian yeah. view. Exactly. Right? It's yeah. like these these PC people are so bad because they can't make any, like they don't want anything to happen ever. But the other people are also bad because they just want to sneer at, at naked ladies. And the teacher's bad because he's a boomer and doesn't get the, I and know. it's like, haha, they're, everyone's an idiot. Whereas I think nowadays, even though this, I think the same construction, like literally this sketch, the way I read it nowadays, which I don't think is how it was intended, is it's like, yeah, no, the the woke people are generally right. Like the one, the one woman who at one point says like, stop trying to co-op my black anger. And, yeah. the, and the person is like, how would I like to? And they're just like, shut up. And it's like, mm, thank you. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, was like, I was like yeah. yes, that's like, that's actually like I, kind of funny. I feel in like you might be missing context, kind you know? of the joke there was more infighting within the different factions of the what we're calling woke um absolutely that's how it was presented when it was originally written i'm just saying Mm -hmm. if you if you if you look at it now Mm -hmm. fully like if you imagine that this sketch was made today you could interpret it in this other way i don't think that's what they intended and that's why i think there's aspects of it that don't hold up but like it's interesting to me in that way, right? I almost feel like that's an anti does this hold up that like, I think probably at the time, and I can't really speak for it because I wasn't there for it. And I don't know the uh, author intent on it, but I feel like around that time of the nineties, there was more of a current of making jokes about like, you know, angry black women as a trope and not about like, mm. Oh, because they are oppressed and have had a really hard time. Cause lots of mm. bad shit happens to that particular subsection mm-hmm. of humans, but more about like, yeah, they're really scary and annoying. And it was sort of more acceptable to be like, yeah, I also am uncomfortable with that. And so I wonder if at the time, you know, the shut up, which we see now as like, ah, yes, good job. That's the right thing to say. was more like, ah, she'll yell at you. And that's bad, scary. But Mm. in the context of current social climbs, we're more like, oh, yeah, no, you should shut up. Like, yeah, you you actually probably Mm. shouldn't be talking about that. 
yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, like it almost like accidentally has become more progressive <laughs> Well, and that's what I was getting at. Is it? Yeah, exactly. It it absolutely did not seem like it was intended that way, but it accidentally seemed to have struck on some things that are relevant today. You know, if you were if you chose to interpret it that way, but you would be you would be generous if you did so. I think. Yes. But I did like. I mean, there was a another line that I thought was kind of funny in the kind of second versus fourth wave feminism thing where. Um, the Scott character says that poor woman child is a victim of the patriarchy, which I thought was like an interesting turn of phrase where it's like, yes, that woman who is also a child. Yeah. And it's like this kind of infantilizing, disempowering yeah. kind of, it was, a, it was a good use of language in that joke. I thought. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, before we get any more hate mail from Scott, let's move on to our <laughs> next segment called, uh, Bruce's latest art project. Um, which in this episode, we have a new kind of like, not quite a 30 second story. I don't know. They're, they're little vignettes, little slices of life where Played with the formula. Bruce, uh, Bruce uh, looks at, at what it means to, to live in the modern city, the modern life. Uh, we have the bike courier on two hours sleep. We have the uh, drunk chick from Winnipeg. And then we have the hopeless romantics, all followed by Bruce kind of just stepping into frame to really drive home the you know the point what do we think about this bit does it work is it uh is it something we hope to see more of what do y'all think i liked it although i I don't think it it. was funny (laughs) (laughs) elaborate elaborate trevor oh i liked it i mean i i I recognized all of these characters as real people Mm -hmm. (laughs) i also don't think that there was anything particularly that funny about any of them hmm yeah, there were no particular like punchlines, but like I was amused and in the way that like Bruce brings in these like real life characters, like you said, that you do see and recognize. In that way it's like, mmm, amusing, not haha funny, here's a joke. But like I don't know, there was like some really funny, I think, I guess additions or or highlights. I one thing I wrote down is like the, the bike courier had crocheted fingerless gloves. I don't know oh. why that tickled me so much. It was good detail, good detail. Yeah, he had like quite a few wounds as well. Just yeah, obviously had gotten hit a couple times and kept going. And when he they were, uh, you were saying, oh, he's like only ninety pounds, even though he eats all the time. He's just like just chowing down on an O Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Like a long O. Henry too. It was. It was like that was a long ass chocolate. One bar. of those extra O. Henrys, yeah. yeah. Yeah, more of a garden hose than a tuna can. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I kind of. Like, I sorry. Go ahead. No, just and then the ending of it where he's just like he's a bike courier with a death wish. <laughs> just I don't know. Like I didn't laugh, but it was like it was it was perfect Bruce fodder. It worked for me. I was gonna say this is what that uh, that dude who loves chocolate from the other episode needs to. He just needs to become a bike courier and then it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, but he wouldn't last two weeks on those streets. <laughs> I, I think this one hits the like it's still good kids in the hall, but it's more weird than funny. Yeah. So I'm like I don't yeah. love it. Yeah. I'm not gonna put it in any sort of top tier lists, but. Uh, yeah, it's still redeemable because there is that decidedly weird flavor to a lot of the show. I like that Bruce always experiments with different things. He's always, he's you know, he's just, I, I, I bet you in his old age, he's like into cooking and woodworking and he's always trying new things. <laughs> but when he was younger, he was actually creative and just threw stuff out there sometimes, you know? Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's what I was going to say in that. I I don't think this one was particularly funny. I did find it kind of interesting and I liked the little slices of life. And 
I think what I come away with it feeling like is that it was a good first attempt and I would like Bruce to try again and hopefully he finds subjects that are a little bit more inherently kind of humorous in some way. I mean, the bike courier I thought was was pretty funny, but I didn't, you know, the, the I was excited when I saw the sketch title for Drunk Chick from Winnipeg and then that one felt like it fell a little bit flat and the hopeless romantic felt like it fell a little bit flat until yeah. we, realized we realized that it, like tied all three yes, of them together. Yeah. So they were a part of So the if same... we can do another one where all the three characters stand a little bit more on their own two feet, then I think I think I would be excited to see that, you know. But see, I think I think part of what tickled me and I think a few of you as well is that like once we realize in the third sketch that they did all tie together and now that that's kind of would be a uh, like a template for it, I don't think it would work as well. Well, I don't think they always have to tie together, right? I'm, but if you just had three of them, you know, yeah. I think of it almost like uh, you've all seen the show uh, High Maintenance, right? Where it's about the weed yeah. dealer, but really it's about all the people he visits. Like it, it has that kind of vibe to it. It's like all these people exist in the same city and they're all like just these people <laughs> living their lives, you know? Um, yeah. So if yeah. we saw something like that, I th- I'd be down for it. I agree. I really, I really did like the sweet drunk chick from Winnipeg. She was fun. <laughs> She's what was what was all your favorites of the three? Yeah, I like the drunk like chick drunk from chick. Winnipeg the best. Yeah, really? yeah. Oh, Stu, what about you? Same, obviously, obviously. Man, oh, sorry. I found that one so disappointing. Which, one, really which one's your bike favorite bike career? Yeah, bike career. Because it had, I don't know, there were like nice visual details on that one. Like his, his like you say, Kalina, the crocheted hand warmer things, <laughs> the, uh, the like the cut up knees. Um, I did also like some of the, like, again, inherently funny. Like some of the lines you that know, Bruce delivers a, in that bit were funnier. They did a good job of shooting that one too. Like they kind of had yeah. kind of like looking up at his face, the frenetic energy. Yeah. Um, I'm, but I loved the lines like as he cuts through traffic, oh, yeah. like a Ginsu knife of hope. You know, um, this is a very nineties. That's, that's now, now, that, now that COVID's happening, I don't ever ride my bike. But I used to like commute to work on my bike, bike a lot more, and like there is sort of like a frenetic, weird energy that I think that captured about just having to bike through a bike? city. Yeah, mm, yeah. Although now that I'm looking at the drunk chick from Winnipeg, they, he did have a good outro line for that, which is just "sweet drunk chick from Winnipeg." There she is. Watch her go. <laughs> I also feel like in my soul, I aspire to that. You know, it's just. If oh, you don't all... think you've been there? <laughs> I have. Yeah. I was gonna say we we've all been the drunk chick from Winnipeg. We've probably all been the bike courier at some point or another, and maybe the hopeless romantic. Mm-hmm. We all can see ourselves in these characters. <clears throat> Tell you know it's good. Okay, momentary question. Um, in terms of um, having been called out on calling it a goatee versus a soul patch, is there actually a difference? <laughs> yes, goatee oh, yeah. goes around the mouth. Yeah, goatee has mustache and beard, oh. and then and soul patch is just it's, a little it's bit. Just oh, soul my patch doesn't even shin okay. have the beard. Yeah. No, no, no. Soul patch know. is just the bit between the lip and. That's the what I'm chin. saying. Yeah, the, the chinny. Yeah. 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 Oh. And I then there's a lot. chin strap, which just goes along I, the, yeah, the jawline. Yeah, I kind of feel like soul patch, work. you don't see it at all these days, do you? No. no. Bring it back. Oh, because it's atrocious. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> Especially when it would get like really long and they would like, uh, grow it up, it would, like hang down over the chin. Got some real know? fucking Burning Man listening to Creed yeah. three doors yeah. down ass energy. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, that's enough dissecting uh, things too much. How about we just uh, give some plaudits to our standout sketches and we'll give them a rating out of five. 
Um, so uh, let's all go around the horn, starting with Trevor. What's, what's your standout sketch? Around the horn. Oof. Uh, around my horn. You know, I, I we take an hour, Hans. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I, I might give surrogate uh, the best one. I'll give it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Uh, four angel blowjobs out of <laughs> out of five i liked it um i think uh it was really weird um because like it's a weird tonal shift like we have kevin aggrieved that he's not getting blowjobs and then mm-hmm. scott just sort of appears claiming to be an angel but i i don't are we expected to believe he is an angel or just that he's no, a gay no. guy that goes around with a ladder looking for people to get blowjobs too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, the ladder. Yeah. The ladder. He's, he's got a ladder, ladder and a, a ladder and a boombox <laughs> that that plays angelic choir music. But yes. like how does he know which which door which windows <laughs> to go through? Sometimes you just know. He's got you a really, see, really good gaydar. You can yeah. see a window and you can just sense that a couple's having a fight about blowjobs <laughs> and he has he has synesthesia and he can hear sad little ding dongs just rattling around in the boxers. <laughs> he's like he's like the flying pig, you know, when when men are complaining about not getting blowjobs, Bob the angel gay will be there. Yeah. Buckle up, mortal. <laughs> <laughs> uh how many how many oh you said four angel blowjobs out of five, yeah. right? Okay, Kalina, how about you? Are we counting the triptych as one, or are we separating them? I think you, you can, can probably count it as a, you can a put set. it together if you want. Yeah. yeah, I I would I would give them a three point five out of five. I thought they were really sweet. Yeah, we didn't laugh out loud, but I they 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 hit they hit hit me in the heart. You know, mm. some real some real Canadiana in there. Yeah, good but not funny. Yeah. And you said that was a, a three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half futons in my apartment out of five. <laughs> All right, Stu, how about you? Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be surrogate. You know, I enjoyed watching this episode, but I don't think it was as strong as the last one. Like, nothing really stood out to me. Oh, my God. I was just about to say, <laughs> you guys were both saying this was a, the last one was a B-plus episode. This one, every single sketch for me got between a three and a three. Oh, uh, uh, you're delirious. This was the B-plus episode. You're sick. It, it, it was like C-plus to B. Are you, are you trying to say that episode 19 is better than yes. episode 18, Clayton? Yes. Okay. You're yeah. fucking yeah. sick. Well, now we all know. What, okay, so an episode that has two potentially racist, like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh you are not going to lay that you, at Kalina. You heard it here, the Guardian. Kalina is oh very insensitive to everyone. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Stu, oh. what's your favorite sketch again? Stand-up sketch? Fucking, sketch I guess surrogate. Like, I kind of liked Atrium, but it's one it's one note gag, and it's not that mm. funny. And so, like, the only one that actually has any laughs in it is surrogate. And also, uh, all right, Susie. <laughs> that was a good, that was a good finish. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your score for surrogate? <laughs> Fucking three. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Sorrow. Party um, God's plan. That's right. I'll tag on to what you were saying about Atrium there, Stu, which is that I, I liked it. Like, I actually gave it a reasonable score, really? but it just Why? felt like, it, well, I, it, it felt like it needed to develop a little bit more somehow. And I don't know how that would have been, but it just, it felt like it needed just a little something more. So it doesn't quite win top something, marks something. for me, but, um, but I give, I also give uh surrogate my, my top sketch of the, of the week. Um, just because 
yeah, I don't know. Uh, Scott was especially hilarious in that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not much more to say. I did like I did love the the finish, the reveal that he's not an angel after all. Um, and when Dave's woman asks him, "Are all angels gay?" and he just says, "Well, let me put it this way: a lot of us used to be waiters." Yeah, <laughs> which was yeah. yeah. Oh, and also, did any of you notice like when Scott was kind of groping Kevin over the covers before like diving underneath? He got like real handy with with Kevin there. Did anyone else <laughs> I notice, did that? Not there notice was, that? There was no. that. There was some real proximity there. Little, little like, over the cover oh, squeezeroo. Little little. He got he got to first base. I think. Yeah. So which one's first base? Uh, Is that eye contact? Congratulations, Scott. Maybe I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was on his bucket list. Fondling <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. I want to feel Kevin over the pants. Over the pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that uh, positive note, uh, that, <laughs> that takes us to the end of our episode 19 review. So uh, please do join us next week uh, for the finale episode of seas- of the season with uh, episode 20, which will be hosted by Kalina. Hello. Kalina. Hello. Kalina. <laughs> and in the meantime, uh, while you wait for that, you can find us on Twitter at Kip and Tell Pod, and you can enjoy our gifts and and tweet at us and make us feel validated and and like we're loved love us us. show tell us how much you love us um but otherwise thank you for listening to kip and tell bye 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 Bye. 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 Bye.